Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today is Mike Stelsner. And I'm I'm going to have to think about this, but I, I think he's a return guest, actually. I think when he had, uh, had another book a couple of years ago. But uh, since that time, he is uh, the founder of the wildly popular and uh, very informative Social Media Examiner. Uh, and he's the author of a brand new book called Launch, How to Quickly Propel Your Business Beyond the Competition. So, Michael, thanks for joining me. John, thank you so much. It's absolutely my pleasure to be here. And I, I think I'm right on that, aren't I? Didn't you come around when you had the white paper? You know, it's a wonderful question, and it <laughs> seems like eons ago, and I honestly can't remember. All right, <laughs> but well, I can't even remember what I had for dinner last well, night. Well, so. I'm the same way. So uh, we're gonna. Pre- I've got that book sitting right there. So we're gonna pretend. We're gonna pretend you did. Uh, okay, cool. Because it's also a great book too. So, <laughs> so you know, you we missed this a couple days ago. We'd have been better talking about it with the launch of the space shuttle, uh, which was all over the news. But uh, uh, you do kind of use this rocket ship. Uh, metaphor. In fact, uh, I'll go right to it. The elevation principle. So tell me, uh, let's set the table with that for the moment. Sure. Sure. It was uncanny timing, frankly, about the space shuttle. I had no idea that I was going to be retired when I was writing the book. But, you know, if you think of your business ship, your business like a rocket ship, you know, your job is to navigate this machine, whether you're a business owner or a marketer to new frontiers. And content is what ultimately moves it forward. And people consume the content. So the elevation principle at its core is about meeting the needs of people. But I've come up with a, a cool little formula that I call um, great content plus other people minus marketing messages equal growth. And I'll just briefly tell you what each one of those things means. Great content, you know what that is. It's the how-to articles. It's the interviews with experts. It's the success stories, sharing that with your audience. The other people component, John, is what everybody seems to forget. You know, there are bazillions of experts in your niche. If you can figure out how to tap the minds of those people, kind of like what you're doing right now, and share their intellect and their knowledge with your audience, you're going to have great content. And some of those people are going to turn into potential partners down the road, strategic relationships. And then the last component is minus the marketing messages. I I think marketing is like friction for your rocket ship. The more you market, the less people are going to essentially uh, share your content. So I expound putting away the marketing messages in your content. That way it will be highly shared. They'll receive it as a gift instead of as some lure or bait piece designed to get them to do something. Yeah, and and of course – you know, I'm 100% behind you on that one, but that seems that's so counter, you know, to what people think in terms of if I'm going to grow and go out and sell something, you know, I've got to be out there pounding away. And this idea of being a publisher that gets other people to come around and, and hug their content just just doesn't seem like a way to grow a business, does it? It doesn't because so many of us have been programmed that we need to be reliant on third parties to market, right? Yeah, yeah. We we need to be reliant on magazines, newspapers, websites, you name it. And instead, if you can become a publisher and own your own platform and build a platform and create content that everybody loves, you can build a business on top of that. So, so this, I mean, we're not the first people to talk about content to to this audience. You know, in fact, I, you know, I. I hear groans sometimes when I tell audiences this now um, because, you know, everybody's saying this, uh, that they need to produce content. But but I think for a lot of small business owners where they really, you know, even if they accept, okay, I've got to do this, you know, how do you look at it strategically, you know, as a part of your business? Because I think a lot of people look at it as I've got a blank sheet of paper, I need to write something. And, and, I, and I, I'm going yep. to suggest that you think it's a little more than that. 
Absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, you need to figure out what content is going to resonate with the audience that you want right. to build. And surveying them is a simple question, simple thing to do. Ask your customers or prospects or what prospects or whatever, you know, what are the topics they want to learn about, even if it's not directly related to what you have to sell. And then start producing that content. The idea here is to constantly meet the needs of people for free. And you can try to do that with your personal time, but that's not very scalable. But if you can do it with content, it can scale indefinitely because content is something that doesn't need you to be there all the time. It's something that people can put up on all the latest and hottest social networks like Google+. It'll drive traffic to your site. And the key to everything is to have a building base upon which you can build that business. So content is the number one lure. It always has been. There's a reason why people listen to radio and watch television because of the content that's produced. So everybody loves content. It's been the, at the core of nearly you know every successful enterprise since the beginning of time. Yeah, and I you know I had a um, I came across a funny uh, um, it was just somebody at some presentation I was giving and they said you know we couldn't get you know we're just the marketing people we don't know the expert content that that our that our engineers do um, and so we could never get them to produce content for us because they wouldn't do it and then one day one of the guys just said here go look in my go look at my sent email uh, because all I do all day long is answer questions that our customers ask and I give very detailed explanations about how to do everything and and the woman was like it was the biggest source of incredible content you know on the planet for them because and so it was just being produced right under their nose and and I think that a lot of uh, a lot of folks uh, neglect sort of that very element of their business you know there's a whole other way you can do this too and there's lots of businesses that are doing this well right now and Social Media Examiner, obviously, is one example. There are lots of people that are experts in the niche that you're in that just don't have a platform. Right. And if you can give them a platform, they will produce the content for you. Social Media Examiner, uh, we have more than 60 writers. We don't pay any of them. They're all experts writing about great social media stuff. But there's something in it for both parties. They want exposure, mm-hmm. and we want great content. It's a win-win. Mm-hmm. There are lots of people out there that, that will produce content for you. And if you do have a budget... There are thousands of journalists that are out of business because of the the way the whole media business has changed that are spectacular that you could simply hire for very, very reasonable amounts, sometimes a hundred or a couple hundred bucks an article. They'll go out there, they'll interview the experts, and they'll create the content for you so you don't even have to do it in-house. Yeah, I I've, I've tell a lot of folks, if you're looking for your next hire, it you know full-time hire even, it ought to be a journalist because uh, because content production has become so important. Most companies, if they've got four or five employees, can probably afford to have one of those employees be a great writer. And you don't even need to have them as an employee. They no, could be a subcontractor right. yep, and, yep. and save you a ton of money. So I, I know that you have an opinion on this, um, and, and I think that it's, I ask a lot of people this, you know, what actually makes great content? It's easy to sit around and talk about it, but there are elements yeah. that actually go into it, right? Yeah, first and foremost, you need to know what your audience finds valuable. And it's not what you find valuable usually. (laughs) So that's the first thing. You have to know what they are interested in. And if you don't know, then what you're going to produce is not going to be great content in their eyes. Um, But the second thing is you have to realize that in order to get something into the minds of someone else, it has to go through their eyes. And it's critical that content be laid out in a a way that's very easy for someone to quickly skim and make a decision as to whether or not they want to ultimately digest it. And that is simple techniques such as small paragraphs, bullet points, bolding keywords inside of paragraphs, um, using graphics, um, 
thinner columns. I mean, these are very, very basic things, but these are the kind of things that, that make layout and print look spectacular. And these are the reasons why some people prefer to read, for example, Wired over The Economist or, you know, yeah. um, other kinds of magazines. So layout, believe it or not, has a big impact. Great content, poorly laid out, is not going to be as popular as poor content, pop, you know, wisely laid out. Yeah, you got to make people work for it. They're not going to do it. Exactly, because people are all distracted and yeah. everybody wants to get to it quickly. Yeah. Um, you talk so so this idea of other people. Um, you, you use a term in here that I really kind of like, and and I and I think that you know whatever industry you're in, some people you know it may be the you know the biggest names that that you know exist in your industry, but it also may just be the the head of the chamber of commerce in your community. You know, could be this right. this what you call fire starter. Uh, so you right. want to talk a little bit about that idea of fi- of, of employing fire starters? Yeah, so, um, you know, earlier I mentioned how it's important to reach out to outside um, experts as part of that elevation principle. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, you have to figure out who these people are. A lot of times they're the people that are speaking at trade shows in your niche or they're the people that have got books out um, or they're working for a company that's respected and they're doing something kind of cool. what you want to do is you want to share your platform with some of those people, perhaps interview them like you're doing with me, John, right. or maybe review their books. Um, some of those people are going to float to the top, and you're going to be able to develop a relationship with them. They're going to appreciate what you're doing for them, and there's going to be some mutually synergistic stuff going on there. And um, I call those people fire starters. The best fire starters have access to the exact audience that you want to reach and are so influential in that audience that it's almost like with their recommendation, it's like dropping a match into kerosene and things just kind of explode. And you all know in your niche, like, for example, in social media, Chris Brogan, obviously, is one of these guys. Mm-hmm. In the small business world, John, it's you. Um, in the white paper world, it used to be me. You know, these are the kind of people that really yield amazing influence. If you can truly build relationships with these people and give, give, give without asking for anything in return, which is kind of one of the core underpinnings because as you and I both know, John, everybody and their mother is going after people right. like this. <laughs> if you can do that, if you can truly give and try to develop relationships, it's good old-fashioned marketing, but some of those people will develop into strategic partners that will really help you grow. Yeah, and I, and I think that's really a key point. I mean, one of the things that that it doesn't matter who they are. I mean, some people get a lot more requests than others, but you know, I think that – I'm always amazed sometimes that I still get these requests from people. Hey, I write this blog and at such and such address, and I, you know, I I would like to get more exposure. Could you promote it? <laughs> is yeah, is the yeah. pitch, and you and it always. Or can you write for my blog? <laughs> yeah, and you kind of scratch your head and you think. I mean, I, you know, frankly, yeah. I, I I don't get offended by it. I wish I could help everybody, uh, but but you kind of you know you kind of wonder that. That people still it's a very selfish happen. request. It, yeah, it really is, yeah. if you think about it. I mean, most people would be appalled at that kind of request. It's like, who are you and why are you asking <laughs> me to do something for you? Why don't you, why don't you instead, be, and this is what I talk about in the book, try to be a servant to other people, help people, yeah. and without a motive. If you help enough people, um, they're going to love you, and, and they're going to develop a trusted relationship with you, which is what's missing today in the world of marketing. Well, and I think that that, that – idea of without anything in return, you know, is, is so hard for people to get over. And I think it's the part that you're, I mean, there's no question. There are people that have uh, done things for me that, that, you know, certainly I take note and I, and you know, those, those, there are, there are many, many people out there and, 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 you know, I'd like to hope that, that, that you fall in that circle too, that, you know, if you called me up and said, Hey, I, I need you to promote my book, 
you've earned that, you know, uh, with me. And, and I'm not suggesting that, that, that you would do that necessarily. But I mean, I, I think that, you know, this idea of people, you know, you can't do any marketing. I mean, you, you, I believe that you actually, you, you get permission, uh, with, with folks to, to do a lot of marketing, uh, by doing a lot of what you're talking about. Yeah, and um, I should probably explain a little bit. Minus marketing messages is in context of content. Yes. So um, I don't say don't do marketing. Right. I say instead make your content, your marketing, you know, your content is what draws people to your business, but don't wrap it in the marketing message. Yep. It's kind of like if you ever been to a wedding sponsored by Nike. Or have you ever received a gift from your kid and you had to watch a commercial before you could actually get to the gift? Or have you ever, or have you ever received a gift? Uh, have you ever given a gift to your kid and then expected that they would return it and give you another gift the next day? Of yeah. course not. It's ludicrous. In a social context, we understand that this is ludicrousness, but we don't, in the world of business, think it's unreasonable. And I think that's part of the problem. Well, and you actually have a fairly significant chunk of a chapter i think uh, uh, just focused on this idea of reciprocity um and and that that you know i think that's an interesting topic i've been hearing a lot of people talk about it uh, of late and i wrote a book on specifically on referrals and right. and and i talk about that 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 you know the idea that you're going to get paid ten dollars if you do something for me may motivate you, but it's a terrible motivation. Um, I think this give to get mentality is is actually on its way out because of social media. Believe it or not, yeah. I think I think give without expectation of anything in return actually has a lot more. Now, I'm, I'm not opposed to referrals, and I'm not opposed to you know incentivizing people, but but um, uh, you know in in the context, especially of experts. Or, or prospects, you know, the idea of um, I'm giving you something, therefore I'm expecting you're going to give me something in return, I think is just completely out, outdated. Yeah. Um, although you, you do, and again, I, I'd like you to explain it because it's a different concept, but I think it's an important concept to this is you have this idea of gifts, giving yep. gifts, uh, but then also this idea of gift circles. Yes. So, um, and this is, this is, I stole a little, uh, a little bit from Seth Godin, um, on this one. But the idea is that, um, um, there, you know, there's your personal circles where you give gifts and then there's the acquaintance circle, which is bigger. And then there's, the, I can't remember all the circles off the top of my head, to be honest with you, because like I said, I stole well, the idea. Well, now we've got, now we've got this 50,000 Twitter followers circle too. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's good. And we've got uh, Google Plus circles, right? right. So, <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> I'm getting confused by all the circles. <laughs> yes, no kidding. No but kidding. the idea is, um, the idea is that if you can figure out how to give gifts to lots of people, and 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 not expect that um, anyone is necessarily going to give you anything in return, and truly give it in a in a genuine way, they'll love you. And and they'll become loyal, raving fans, which is what we've got going on at Social Media Examiner. I mean, I got an email from somebody in Canada that said, if you have somebody in my region that um, you'd love to give a free ticket to one of your events, mm-hmm. I will personally show up at their door with a Starbucks card, and if or no, with a hot latte, and if they're a woman with a bouquet of flowers, I will dedicate an entire day of my life to you. That's my way of saying thanks for all the great content you produce. Uh, yeah. Can you ask for Can you ask for more raving fans than yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's incredible, you know, and people sing your praises and they share. And in this world of social media, this is, you know, the nobodies from nowhere, as Guy Kawasaki says, are the new somebodies. And yeah. this is essential to growth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I talk about kinds of content or content for different purposes. I mean, some content builds trust, some content educates, some creates awareness. Um, the, 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 the content, sort of the golden goose in content, once you've sort of moved people along that, uh, to me is content that closes the deal. Um, and I think you maybe talk about it as different types of fuel, <laughs> maybe. And, yeah. and to me, as I read your book, you know, it's this nuclear flu a fuel um, that that maybe is comes the closest to being content that would actually make a sale. Would is that? Well, I talk about primary fuel as the stuff you have to produce every couple of days, and it, yeah. it's like got a seventy-two hour shelf life, and it keeps your rocket moving, right. and it gives people a reason to come back. Nuclear fuel is harder to produce; it's used less frequently. Things like contests, things like reports that are based on surveys that you give away, has a really long tail. Um, meaning it can last for sometimes up to a year. People write about it. They go crazy over it. Um, in the last chapter of the book, I talk about the velocity launch, and I talk about how you can take nuclear fuel and primary fuel, some of it, and you can turn it into a marketing mechanism that will help close business. And uh, the moral of the story is that if most of your content is free of marketing messages, once in a while when you have something to launch or something to sell, you can take some of that content, spin it a little bit, and embed some some subtle little marketing messages in there, and that kind of content is designed to move people down the funnel into the sale. Yeah, well, and, and my favorite kind of content for that is is you know success stories and user generated content, and and you know the kind of stuff that that kind of provides proof when 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 the the prospect is is really ready trying to make a decision about what to buy or who to hire. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Mike, I'm going to let you go. Um, I know it's, uh, at least for me, it's the end of the day, and we've come to kind of the, the, the end of uh, the attention span for most <laughs> podcast listeners, uh, in my uh, uh, estimation anyway. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time, and I know um, you know a lot of folks, I don't have to tell anybody about Social Media Examiner, but I, and I know a lot of those folks are, are, are snapping up your book as well, uh, and it's launch how to quickly propel your business beyond the competition it's probably um a lot of a lot of content books lately is probably the most sort of user-friendly practical take on the subject for for anybody that's really trying to you know uh, fully understand how to take advantage of this kind of new new world we live in uh, uh, as content as a strategy John, two really short things um elevationprinciple.com free chapter of the book no registration required and last thing is, I just wanted to say thank you, John. Um, you are a pioneer in the small business world, and I really appreciate you doing this interview with me today, and keep up the good work. Well, my pleasure. Hopefully, we'll, we'll bump into each other out there down the road. Thank you, John. Thanks, Mike.